The world of marketing is ever-changing and can be confusing, frustrating, and outright exhausting. Welcome to Unbottling, the marketing podcast where experts share their experiences, stories, and best practices on online and internet marketing. Featuring Steve Wiedemann, former marketer for Disney, Skechers, and other well-known brands. Break through the hype with real marketing tips from industry leaders. This is Unbottleneck. Hello and welcome to another episode of our Shop Talk and our Unbottleneck podcast. With me today is the famous and original search engine optimization ninja, Jim Boykin. Uh, we're going to be talking about some of our search engine history, and we're going to talk about the search community. Um, I'm your host, Steve Wiedemann, and um, again, we're going to be talking to, to Jim a minute. He's from the Internet Marketing Ninjas, formerly We Build Pages. I've been following him for, I don't know, what feels like pretty close to 20 years. He's also been a part of a very popular webmaster forum and a billion other projects he's been involved with over the years. Uh, Jim speaks at more events than I can count, and we're super lucky to have him today. So, Jim... Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Well, thank you, Steve. It's a pleasure to talk with you again. <laughs> I always enjoy getting getting time to talk with you, Steve. Uh, about myself, uh, started the company 21 years ago. Uh, I think that's kind of us in the background there. Um, we're about 40 people now, 40 to 45. I think we've been that for the past like seven years. Um, uh, do lots of services. Um, probably our biggest thing is the content marketing. Uh, a lot of people call that link building, but you know we're writing either uh, trust-based content or viral content and trying to get it spread. Uh, it's a lot of the work that we do. That's awesome. And yeah, the we built pages I, was. Yeah, when did you start that? That was in '99. So it was it was just me for years, and uh, you know really really liked the Weville Pages company. I think we shifted in end of 2011. We renamed it to Internet Marketing Ninjas. There was a lot of people that thought that we were website designers or content creators. And I'd be like, no, we actually do an, an, an internet marketing and SEO. And they'd be like, I don't understand the name. Uh, yeah. When I first started, I thought I was going to be a website designer. Uh, that's the name We Build Pages. I was a single person trying to sound like, you know, I'm a big company or something, you know, we build pages. It's not just me, uh, the man behind this. That's funny. So very quickly I remember, did you realize how much, how much money you probably made other experts in just having some of the, the pages that you had up with transparency? Whenever, whenever somebody would argue with me or, or sort of haggle us for prices on, on anything that we were doing or I was doing as a freelancer back in the mid 2000s, I'd always refer them to your link building page. And I think you had packages that were like $22,000 a month for link building before link right. building was even really a well-known thing. Yeah. So that's pretty incredible. And I'm, I'm sure you wouldn't have those prices up there if people weren't paying them back then. So you yeah, were, there, you were, were really there were years when, you know, going up to, you know, 2005, six, seven, eight, where we were doing stuff that I was going to say, you can't do today, but you probably shouldn't have been doing then, uh, you know, which which was the link buying, right. and you know we were uh, we were really big into link buying. Uh, you know, at the time we started it, you know, we didn't think we were uh, black hat. It's what everyone did. It's how you ranked. Well, west of SEO. Yeah. Yeah, and then Google, after a while, said, you know, no, oh, that, that you're is. you're a black hat if you're doing that, <laughs> and you know it's kind of you know once once you've been doing it, it's hard to like it's hard to stop. You know. Sure. Yeah, so so thinking about that that search engine history, I I remember, I remember an early day when it was website promotion before anyone really called it SEO. I mean, we knew it was yeah. SEO, but we really didn't call it that. Um, we would just get ourselves into directories. You know, the Open Directory project was right. in the early days easy to get into before it it became something you had to bribe to get into. Um, there was the Yahoo directory. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, I remember. I remember was, that was uh, the way we started promoting. Zeal our was part of Look Smart, so Zeal also had a directory. Yep, and then and then we would do all sorts of crazy things, like you mentioned, the Wild West. And it wasn't just, it wasn't just links. It was, you know, we have a, a beautiful Flash website <laughs> that was created in Macromedia Flash, and <laughs> um, and the client or the boss would say, "I do not want to change my website. I spent twenty five thousand dollars on it. Just make it rank." 
So 2002, 2003, we would do some things like, like create pages that, that had all sorts of keywords on them and then JavaScript redirect to the Flash homepage, you know, and then we submitted to, to Yahoo and some, some really crazy. And then when, um, when on page, you know, continue to be more of a factor, we would do all sorts of crazy things. Like um, if we couldn't, because all of our, our beautiful website was embedded in images, we would take the H1 tag and put it negative margin, like 2000 pixels or something, or, you know, or we'd, we'd use white text on a white background or just, anything that we could do to to be able to rank a, a, a site that they were giving us very little um, ability to actually do anything with. So we yeah. knew the right way to do it, you know, in terms of, you know, what would be later on acceptable, but we just kind of did what we needed to do to get things to rank. And eventually exactly. you know, they, they kind of came down and what's the, the term? They laid the, the, the smack down on the webmaster community and <laughs> the yeah. So you know, I, I, I think for years, Google said, you know, create a, create a great website, you know, focus on the user and not on the engine. And, and we laughed at them. We're like, you know, eh, it's all about backlinks, you know, whatever Google guy. Um, and, and unfortunately or not over the years, it's kind of like, you know, that's what you got to do. You know, I guess as SEO involves, what do you need to do to rank now? And, you know, certainly there's other, there's other things that can help, but in the end, you know, you're going to want to have a great site with a great user experience. And that has to be the end goal. You know, if you do other, you know, if you do other things with links to artificially get yourself ranked, mm -hmm. if you can't hold that position yep. compared to other people, if, if your page can't compete with other pages, so to speak, like you're just going to get pushed down anyways. Yeah. That's um, what we've been telling our clients is, is, look, you can do anything you want and get a top position quickly, but you're not going to be able to sustain it. And you're going to pay more to clean it up, especially if you're a big brand. You know, yeah. completely start over on a brand new domain and 410 the old one, you know, which we've had to do because we've had clients that have hosted pirated MP3s on a subdomain because they thought they'd use their web server as a file server. Um, you know, and all sorts of crazy things that you hear clients do that they don't tell you about. You're like, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I can't recover you from this. We're going to have to start you over on a new domain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so is the way it is. But what do you, what do you remember thinking about search engine history and, and kind of how, how it's evolved? Um, what are, what are your, some of your favorite moments? Uh, well, I remember, you know, there used to be a whole bunch of major engines. Bruce Clay had a search engine relationship chart and, um, I remember, you know, we Adrian calculators. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I remember, you know, we kept having to adjust Bruce Clay search engine relationship chart and it kept changing to where Google was like taking over more and more powering everything, you know, powering Yahoo, powering all these other places. Uh, and everyone was kind of switching to Yahoo. And I remember the day that I realized, Hey, and this must've been, Oh, 2001, I would suspect, mm -hmm. where instead of being like all these engines and web position gold to optimize things for site and optimize for this and optimize for that. And there was the whole directory yeah. thing, but suddenly being like, oh, everything is Google now. Yeah. And Google is all about backlinks. Like all this other stuff doesn't matter because the only thing that matters now is a Google. <laughs> and since it's Google, it's backlinks. Right. And like, I kind of remember the day that all that hit on me. I think I was crossing off lines on Bruce Bruce Clay search engine relationship chart. And it kind of dawned on me like, man, Google's two thirds of all traffic today. Like, you know, that's it. And Google's all about links. And thus everything I do from here forward has to focus on this links. I remember that day. I remember, you know, and then funny and uh 2008, Google went after our company for buying links. I guess kind of leading up to that, but you know, yeah, but they, went, they went, they hit a couple of kind of, yeah, they kind of came to us and in no uncertain terms said, "Thou shall not buy links," um, and took a handful of our clients and pushed them down. And so, you know, we had to refigure out how do we get links without buying them. Links are going to have value. And I remember the day that uh, that I had the epiphany on how, how do you build links without buying them. I think the first, the first epiphany was broken links. You know, what if we find a page that's dead, but there's 200 other pages on the internet that link to that page. Hey, what if we can recreate that page, put it on a client site, right to all 200 people that are linking to the broken link and be like, Hey, you got a broken link, but I found a really good replacement for it over here. And I remember 
you know, I can still like picture myself where I'm in that office probably at two o'clock in the morning, like, woe is me, um, can't sell links anymore. How do I reinvent the wheel and the light bulb like popping off? You know, I still envision where I am where it's like broken links. Yeah, no more, <laughs> no more link wheels, no more three-way links, no yeah. more. What were, what were the other ones? Um, yeah, link trading, three ways. And... You remember that? Oh, yeah. Back in the day, there were these networks. I think oh, there's yeah. even networks that still exist. Like, uh, and oh, and They're all trying to link to each other to help each other out. And, it and it's interesting be because there's still some knowledge from that that still can be valuable. Like, you know, some people went overboard it and did stuff that can be mapped, but the knowledge of how to do that correctly can still be a benefit. Right. Uh, you know, even if you go back to remember uh, what was uh, before link wheels, uh, going back to the '90s, there were uh, what do they call them? Broker, web? paper, post. Uh, um, yeah, a good one, right? That was uh, uh, the blog, blog network. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Google's not a fan of guest blog posting either. That's another whole topic. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Even if you write great content and you feel like, hey, I, I earned a link. Google doesn't care if you did it, and it's it's amazing. Web rings, there you go. Going back to the '90s, the web rings, you know, oh, next yeah. forward site, and then the like, web 2.0. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but with something like that, you can create the neighborhood. Like there is, there is some neat things that can be done with that old knowledge. Like some of the old things that worked, there's still some good knowledge in that. that you can't quite do it the way that you used to, but you can do it in a white hat way that makes sense that algorithmically is good. Just you, so you some of those Google old black hat stuff can be used for white hat stuff too. <laughs> so there was this, uh, I remember back in the day, there was this tool that we used to use and we would call it the Google dance and we'd watch the different servers to see, you know, a client would say, Hey, I'm not seeing myself rank. And like, I wonder if there's a, you know, an update happening. You go to this Google dance and you could refresh and have all like three of the Google web servers up um, back yeah, in the day. Was see and watch yeah. them as they're updating their servers one by one. Hey, big rollout must be coming out because one of the servers is showing different results and, you know, we could sort of preview it using that tool. That was one of my favorite things was being able to, to do that. And then of course, Google had to name their event, the Google dance, which, you know, <laughs> yep. interesting, but those, those were the days I think in the early heydays, you know, we were all, we we're all to some degree pioneers. Um, me, I, I was more of a follower. I was following, uh, of course, you and Bruce Clay and uh, Aaron Wall and Danny Sullivan. You know, I used to love, you know, just just kind of um, diving into all that amazing content you guys were posting online. Um, oh, so yeah. I, then, oh, go ahead. I, I, I was a big follower as well for years. I was, a, you know, a huge fanboy. I think the first time I met Bruce Clay, I asked for his autograph. No way. That's I think amazing. I got Joe Whalen's autograph, Danny Sullivan's. <laughs> yeah, I, I I won my first conference from Joe Whalen, and I, I wrote her some huge letter that, like, meeting her and Bruce Clay and Danny Sullivan would be to me like meeting the Beatles and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I was a huge fanboy. Right. Um, do you, do you still have yeah. friendships with all those folks? Do you guys still keep in contact? Yeah. Hey, I do. You know, we're we're all friends on on Facebook. I know they're more more quiet these days, but uh, but yeah, it's the nice thing about this industry is that uh, I've definitely made I feel some lifelong friends, and um, you know, it's it's nice as an industry where I don't feel I don't feel it's like cutthroat. I feel like everyone supports each other. Everyone, yeah. And the more you help, the more you tend to get back. You know, I, I remember early on, you know, I'd go to a conference and would go up to someone. And I'd be like, so what is it that you do? And they'd be like, I don't talk about it. And I'd be like, like, come on, man. Like, we're here, to, we're here to be friends, you know. And yeah, there's, there's still a few of those, the agencies that, you know, that so the reality is most of those firms don't want to talk about it because they're doing things that they know they probably shouldn't be doing. <laughs> yeah, it, that, that could be too. Yeah, it's interesting. I found so, that the more you share, the more that tends to come back in the industry. I've always tried to be very open and it, uh, it tends to come back. So the big the big changes that, that happened, as I recall, the, the larger ones uh, with Google in particular, where, you know, the, the big, um, you know, uh, Panda update that affected content quality and then the Penguin update. So I remember everybody going on a link war, you know, after the, the Panda update and then they did this Penguin update and everybody went on, uh, you know, hey, what do we, what do we got to do to, you know, to, you know, uh, to 
to do SEO when we're confined to not being able to do all these old link techniques. And and now now I feel like I feel like the message from Google is really when we say how do we rank a page, their message, the theme anyway is we don't know. We don't know what the algorithms are doing. We just put some things in based on some of the quality feedback we get. And we hope that we get good results. So they couldn't tell you at any given point why a page ranks or doesn't rank. So a lot of the, the engineers or the, you know, the former Google engineers that, that sort of tout themselves as, you know, I know how the algorithm works, really may not know as much as they think they know because of, you know, the, the more recent changes like BERT and handling long tail queries and, and voice search becoming more and more important. You know, one thing I, I did email, um, John Mueller about this, and I understand why he didn't reply to this one. He usually, you know, replies with, hey, thanks for, you know, chatting with me or whatever. But um, I said, you know, I, I just noticed that there's about, I don't know, 50,000 websites that are all sharing this short summary, and they're all on .ru and .pl and, and you know, .cn domains. Um, they're just basically splattering this paragraph across the internet, and now they're getting the featured snippet from it. Um, is that what we need to do to get the featured snippet is just spam the living hell out of the internet? And are you going to come up with a filter that, that handles it in the same way that your penguin, you know, now it's part of the core algorithm filter does. And you now, of course, I didn't get a response, but I feel like I feel like a lot of the industry who's picking up on, you know, hey, p things are going to move to voice. The new Google Glass is out and, you know, people are thinking about it a little bit more. So um, I wonder if, and tell me what you think, I wonder if Google is actually going to figure out um, you know, the, the short summary thing, because it's working. I know they filter out links now. They're not really penalizing them as much, um, but they're, they're filtering them out or ignoring them, as, as you know, John says. But um, I wonder if, if they're going to figure out a way to determine whether or not a, a paragraph, you know, across 50,000 pages, what percent of that is, um, is manipulated and which is real. What do you think? Well, with their new, um, with the new thing they've been talking about, the, they haven't said exactly how they're going to lay it out. Uh, what do they call it? Like the text-based indexing. Right. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, I think that's the name of it. But they they gave like one example, and it kind of looks similar to a featured snippet. But they haven't quite said exactly how it's going to look. I'm not sure if they know. Mm -hmm. But I I wonder if you know if they're able to better identify sections of a web page that um, you know if that particular issue you know, you'd think that Google would know that. Um, can break apart a piece of a page to know that hey this this paragraph here is duplicate across multiple sites right. uh, multiple pages you'd think yeah. that'd be able to some work with snippets right don't you have like some cool tool that you created we do we, do. we built we built a featured snippet tool and um i think it's still for sale but i'm, I'm not even sure you know i'll i'll tell you the funny thing when google removed it's a good problem to have listing stuff i don't know if any of it's it's probably making money who knows <laughs> yeah, it, it might be. I'm not. I'm not sure. Like I, I have other. You know, I, it. I, I think when you. I wish I had it. <laughs> or, uh, I think in January of this year, the beginning of this year, Google then took away the organic listing. So, you know, if you had that feature snippet and you had the organic, hey, great. Like definitely aim for that feature snippet. Right. As soon as Google removed you from the organic, if you had the featured snippet, um, that kind of changed the game. Mm -hmm. Where sometimes it's better to have the featured snippet, sometimes it's not. Because you know, if you, you know, which is going to get more clicks, the featured snippets, which is there to try and give the answer on the page, so there's not a click, or the number one result, um, which is there to get the click. So which one is better? And I'd rather have the link to your page than the link to a Google search result. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, it, it hasn't been, you know, I think I guess you should still target it, but I guess uh, we've. We have our feature snippet tool, but we have another tool that we're probably a month away from releasing, uh, which takes that to a whole other level. Looks like I lost my cam. Is yeah, there you are. Hey, I'm back on. <laughs> so, so in in your opinion, looking at this this whole featured snippet thing, what what have you learned using this tool that that might help those people who are thinking about like voice search and you know the the evolution of kind of where search is going. What are some things sure. aside from structured markup, which we know about, syndication, not spamming, but syndication. What are what are some things that you think really play a, a role in you know helping? Uh, let's say there's ten pages that are all that all have a short summary at the top, and they're all trying to get that feature snippet. 
which one's going to win and why? Sure. When we look at, uh, you know, I guess there's the first question of gather, gathering the questions. Uh, you, you can run a couple of your search phrases you're targeting, look at the people also ask if they show up and just grab those questions. All right. of those questions are going to be related, plus all those people also ask questions. If you just search them, are going to show a featured snippet as well. So I guess there's the collecting of the questions that you want yeah, to use. The research. Uh -huh. Once you have the questions, then there's, I look at it as three places you could put those questions. Mm -hmm. And in a perfect world, I'd put them all three places. So I'd say, all right, um, if there's uh, questions that relate to a specific page, I would go to the bottom of that page and add an FAQ mm -hmm. and put the question on the existing page that that's relevant to. I would also have an FAQ page as well. So a separate FAQ page, I would put that question on that page and answer it uniquely. So I'd answer it differently than I did on the bottom of the other page. You know, give it a different two chances to word it. Yeah, so it's unique. Um, and if that question, you know, if that question appears to be a popular question, uh, we have tools that kind of, you know, you can throw in like a thousand phrases and it scrapes all the people also ask and shows how often they're asked. And so when I see stuff that's really popular and you may just know from looking, hey, I always see this question on the bottom. But, you know, a third place is, you know, uh, is to have a whole page about that topic. Mm -hmm. so maybe it's a blog post or a white paper or something. But, you know, uh, the page that's going to rank the most or the highest usually it's going to be a whole page dedicated to that question. Right. So that's the H1 on the top. You got a short paragraph after it. You got a bunch of H2s with uh, backup content. Underneath that. Right. Um, it's kind of the best page. Um, you know, the the one on the bottom of the money page is certainly a good page as well, because that may that's help. I haven't heard in a while, money page. <laughs> um, and then the third one would be the uh, the FAQ page. So the, right. those are the places where I look to put it. And you know, when you mention all the other, um, you know, the uh, you know things like schema, uh -huh. um, you, you know, one of the one of the biggest things that we found is you know have that have that question in a in an H tag. You know, yeah. maybe it's an H two or an H three. I've seen that a lot too. What and what impact do you think the the syndication makes after you've sort of mastered that the whole landing page and markup and and h tags um, I mean, what's your the more signals you can send to any of those pages the better um you know whether it's uh you know if the blog posts get signals or um you know the nice thing about your existing page is there may already be signals that may already rank really high you know we've taken pages that you know currently um do incredibly good in their industry. You know, uh, maybe it's, uh, I don't know, I want to give an example, coffee cups in Albany, New York or something. Yeah. We're already number one for all the phrases. So it's like you go into that page and you do an FAQ on the bottom and you put all those questions like, bam, you know, you have traffic and move up your rankings. Yeah. yeah. Or sometimes it's like, wow, you know, you're not as high and your page isn't as powerful. Let's do uh, a whole page about that topic. If it's really important, you know, how can we get it interlinked throughout the site a lot? You know, can we get a site-wide link to it um, to make it appear to be a really important page because we really want to rank for that? That's awesome. Yeah, I know it's going to be more important as, as voice becomes a bigger part of how we use search. But Exactly. And there's there's a lot of people that may not know that voice, voice search optimization and featured snippet optimization is often the same thing. Yeah. You know, often if you go, okay, Google, and you ask a question, like it's the, you know, it's the same thing that Google shows in the feature snippet when Google kind of reads it back. It's the uh, often featured snippet marketing is voice search engine marketing. It's trying to get that featured snippet. So as much as I talked about, hey, featured snippet optimization became less important because Google removed the organic. Mm -hmm. it, I was if I had a client where voice search was really important, then I would 100% want to have that featured snippet because the featured snippet is the what Google is going to read off. In their car, it'll be at, at home talking yeah. to their refrigerators or all their new home devices or the Google Nest or yeah. the Alexas. Yeah, I see that happening. Um, thinking about that, being, being the pioneer that you are, what do you envision search evolving to over the next few years? How do you see it changing? 
aside from them taking away our organic results and giving us less data to work with on paid search. And maybe it's just more of that. Um, you know, there's the antitrust stuff going on is, right. you know, is there going to be like Google two, Google three, Google four, Facebook one, Facebook, you know, it's like that. No, I can't really picture any of that. You know, there, there's been other search engines, you know, it, you know, I, I guess I hate to say it. It's more of the same, you know, it's, it's really this in order to win, you've got to have the world's best website. And it can be challenging for a local business that doesn't have $3,000 to invest in. Uh, usability and conversion rate optimization expert. Yeah. Or Maybe you can think of everything, you know, if you're a local restaurant, then why not, you know, also do all sorts of content about your local um, place, your community, um, become that hub, become that trusted resource. Get, you know, write about, you know, if you're a restaurant in some area, why not, you know, on there have a blog that covers, um, everything to do in that area. You know, you've got the news, you've got, I don't know, hiking trails in your area. You've got check out this or that. Like, you know, if you're, if you're doing stuff to get signals to your site, I'm not just saying blog for the sake of blogging, mm -hmm. but if you're creating content, that's also earning signals. And that's an important thing. Like you can't just create crappy content. You got to create stuff that's earning signals if you're creating stuff that's earning signals and your site is constantly earning signals, I mean, mm -hmm. just this morning I was doing an analysis of one of the clients. Okay. And they, they do lots of things to earn signals to their site. Mm -hmm. And I know that, you know, about 90% of their traffic is from Google. You know, a little bit of it is, Bing or Yahoo, sure. um, tiny yeah, bit of social, you know, and, and, and they're, and they're very robust in every area. You know, they're, they're a fairly big company, but you know, when they, I think they've been with us for like four years, but they started fairly small, but they, they do everything. They do have a heavy, robust social media campaign. We have a heavy content machine. We're creating all sorts of resources. They're in the financial space. So we're creating all sorts, you know, and they're in, you know, they're, they're in like a very narrow, where's my finger here? Very narrow finance area. Sure. And we've certainly covered that area to death, but we've also expanded their financial resources on their site to cover, you know, all sorts of financial stuff, tools and calculators and mathematical and all sorts of resources. And all that stuff is getting signals to the site which is also causing their main money pages to rank really high. You know, for some of these stuff, like there's no way we're going to get links to these main money pages. Why, why would someone link to the New York, you know, whatever it is, you know, um, I could compare it to some like loans. Like why would someone link to the New York loan page? Like it ain't going to happen, you know? And so it's like, all right, but if you're a loan site, you're going to create tons of resources to get those things, to get those signals. Those pages are going to link some links. Yes, but you know it's it's not just creating the best site and the best usability from what you currently have. If you're just thinking like I've got you know uh, 500 uh, PLUs or you know product numbers and that's what I sell and that's my site. That's, that's the client that said I used to rank for everything and now I don't fix it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fix so, so there's a couple of things. Each better. one of those pages has to be made a hell of a lot better for one. But then it's like, okay, you've also got to go outside of that. You can't just be those. You know, if you sell, I don't know, swimming pools, you got to also have tons of stuff about pool safety and pool first aid. Like you've got to be a the resource in your industry and just beyond your little thing, you got to think bigger and be that kind of resource. Yeah, it's so important. I remember doing that with with uh, Meineke Car Care in 2014. We would, we we helped them to create a cadence of, of producing content similar to what your tool does in finding those questions. So we did a little bit of research back when a lot of the questions weren't really available, and we gave them basically a weekly page to write. Uh, what's the difference between standard and synthetic oil? Um, how do you jumpstart a car battery? You know, and, yeah. and so the, the cadence was let's let's create this amazing page with pictures that we created and videos that we did, um, and then let's spend the next week promoting it to our partners and our peers and other folks that bloggers that talk about automotive. Let's share it with them and maybe even feature them in a few of them as ego bait or whatever to get them to to want to share. 
once we've yeah. you know, accomplished those two or three good relevant links, let's do it again the next week. And it's just a really repeatable process. And I think it was nearly 500,000 visits like 18 months later, um, it worked. And now now they can use remarketing and and serve an oil change ad since oil changes, unless you have a luxury car, uh, need to happen every three months. So it was, it was the perfect catalyst to driving more business by starting with that whole give, give, give uh, with amazing, really helpful content that solves problems. And you're right, it's it's really difficult for smaller businesses to do that because it, it requires, you know, a dedicated resource to do nothing but just really build and create, you know, helpful content that competes against the wiki house and the, you know, the, uh, the sites that, you know, have a better technology stack and more money to put into content. So, um, and by the way, for local, I found something really interesting on that same note. Uh, when you're struggling, when I've noticed that a location is struggling, what we've said is, hey, let's let's start promoting events. Let's get some event markup on that page so that one, we have an extra row in the search results to affect user uh, behavior and, and appearance. And then let's get our neighboring businesses to participate in that event. So whether it's a charity thing or if you're just doing something for the community, you're like, hey, you, you can't put money into it because you know the business doesn't have any, no problem. You don't have the time to come in and help. Well, perhaps I can talk to your webmaster and you can at least help us promote the event. And then boom, you know, you deep link that right to that local page and it supports that the new, the newer and growing um, uh, algorithm thing that we've noticed on local that links, you know, becoming more and more important. So I've, yeah. I've always tried to suggest that because then you're giving and, you know, the, the end result of that is, you know, is uh, it reciprocates in the terms of links and mentions and that sort of thing. Yeah. So, so the future of, of search really just it continues to be the same. Focus on on really creating higher quality content. I think is what what the message is, right? It's you know, and I and I hate to say it because it just sounds so redundant. You know, create the best site ever. It sounds like the same stuff I've been hearing for twenty years. But I guess you know, for fifteen of those years, I was like, yeah, whatever. I know what the game is really about. Um, but you know, it's it's really it's you know, the future study your competitors. You know, I think a lot of people don't look at their competitors They're in their bubble of their site and they think my site's the best site. And that's, and that's all that they look at. And they're not, not really digging into their competitors. What are the competitors doing in every area? What are they creating? What are the new links they're getting? Um, use, use visual ping is one of the tools we use. Whenever a competitor changes uh, a page that competes against our page, we'll get a little oh, wow. something has changed. You know, it's a free tool to, so many queries, but or so many snapshots, but it really it's called Visual Ping. It's a Chrome extension, uh, and I know Public Storage did that very heavily. They would, um, you know, their their leadership team there would, um, at the end of their monthly reports, there'd be a whole appendix section that would say, "Here's what your competitor site looked like last month. Here's what it looks like this month, and here are the changes." And they have both desktop and mobile views since mobile became more and more important. Mm -hmm. And they did that for all the competitors, all the main ones. I think there's like six yeah. or seven different competitors. Smart. Yeah. It's really smart to do that. Yeah. And it's it, and things to analyze too are like what are the pages that competitors are creating that are earning backlinks? Yeah. Um, you know, that's that's a whole Ahrefs has a tool that does that. You can look at the top linked pages. In fact, we I remember yeah. doing in some of the research we we're doing with the restaurant chains, and that's when we discovered Veterans Day being such an important key element to you know, the overall link building. And, and funny enough, talking about links and broken links, when we started with, with one of our, our clients who does a really big Veterans Day promo every year, um, they had 15 different Veterans Day pages, all of which were 404, with over 5,000 inbound links pointing to those 404 page, pages. Oh. So in, in one quick swoop, we were able to redirect 301, all of those to, you know, uh, the, the permanent current page. And just hey, five thousand new links, you know, is like the easiest thing nice. in the world. That's that's so important. I think we were looking at like link bait ideas. What are what are other websites in our industry doing? Wow, Wendy's is doing a college thing, but they're stupid and putting it on a separate domain. So all their links are going to this other college domain where they really should have just put it at wendys.com slash college program or whatever it was. But you, know, you know what's fun too is to look at your competitors' backlinks that are going to four oh four pages on their site. Yeah. You reproduce that content and you write to the other people and say, can you change that? There's a link over here that's dead. Do you want to change it to over here? Broken links. I love it. That, that <laughs> and Although, unlinked mentions are easy to get to most of the time. Yeah. So if someone mentions you somewhere on their website, but they're not linking to, 
you know, those are great. You just go out and say, hey, thanks so much for mentioning us. By the way, when, when somebody tries to click on our name, it doesn't take them to our website so they can learn more you know, because we never <laughs> use the word link in any sort of an email because they're so jaded by link requests. Yeah. So um, we didn't really talk about our community much, but I've, I've been watching, you know, on, on Facebook and watching our peers and um, struggling through this pandemic. And um, I was actually inspired by you because, you know, um, one of the close friends of mine who got hit really hard, you jumped in right away and you said, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to be there. I'm going to help you out as, as a peer and as a friend. You're not going to go down on my watch. And I was inspired by that. And I've, I've helped at least four of our peers. Um, who, who posted the same thing, like, like, well, it looks like I'm going to lose all my clients now. So if anyone has any work, and I'm like, well, I really don't. But why don't you come in and do a second QA of one of the projects we're working on or give us a second set of eyes? And, um, you know, we've we've done that. And it felt really rewarding to finally give back to the people that I've been following, who've been sharing, you know, amazing advice on social networks. I, I think you're you're you hit it on the nail with just how unique our industry is and how we help each other. Um, it's so important. Um, what else? What else do you like about our, our, our community? I think that's a big part of it. You know, there's, you know, on Facebook as well, there's, there's a handful of support groups that, um, you know, there's a lot of like, uh, I know um, what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of different support groups where anyone that comes in is like, Hey, I'm, you know, I wanted to vent about something that I would never vent about in public, but you know, I, I, uh, I feel good with you guys uh, and posting in there. Um, yeah, there's, there's less than 60 in most of those, too. And I, I remember looking at it and I'm like, how many people are in this group? And and it's just amazing how much love somebody gets. Some, sometimes like, look, I'm not looking for a reply. You know, I just I want somewhere I can I can scream. And so yeah. we'll use, you know, that little caring, you know, emoji or whatever. And it's just nice to know that some people, you know, they understand what you're going through and they've been there. I mean, as, as SEOs, we're, we're a very interesting culture where uh, we're analytical and being able to do research and, and study numbers, you know, we're, we're sort of the, the introverted, logical um, developers who do a little bit of coding and understand HTML and CSS and some JavaScript and maybe even a little Python now. Um, but we're also a little bit in a way we're like psychologists and understanding user behavior and, and um, you know what what level of, of a sales funnel someone you know is, is at and how we need to get them through that funnel but we're also charismatic enough to be outgoing the extrovert part of our introverted personality to pick up the phone and send an email and say hey I created something amazing will you you know would you take a look at it and if it's worthy uh, maybe share it with, with some of your audience we worked really hard to put this together so it's it's interesting to take all those personalities, you know, into play the the analytical and, and um, yeah. sort of introvert, and then you know the the extrovert outgoing. So so in doing that, you know, we we're we're very unique. I, I my understanding is we're kind of the top two percent of of you know the marketing community and and our ability to be that versed in, in so many different areas and disciplines of uh, of digital that it's a lot of pressure. And for those SEOs who are working for a corporation. Sometimes they have to take all of those roles themselves, and um, and it can be it can be wearing on you mentally because you're so responsible for different things that you know one person shouldn't be solely responsible for, but the company doesn't have the budget or can't quantify you know why it's important to have a full team. So I think it's great that our community you know like we understand that. I feel like we we understand each other and um, we have each other's backs, which I think is yeah. great. Yeah, I, I think a lot of us are uh geeky nervous seos that like you know are speaking in front of an audience or whatever isn't our funnest and then thing at the after party event you'll find us like in a corner on our cell phones hiding out yeah yeah but you know it's funny i think a lot of us you know even like you know speaking on stage or something it isn't isn't what may isn't the most comfortable thing for extroverts or whatever or introverts or in, introverts i use the word intro extroverts <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh you know, it's it's kind of funny, like, but you get a, get any of us on a one on one and like bring up SEO and we'll talk for hours. Like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, um, that's how I put my kids to sleep. You know, they're, they're there. You like, go. <laughs> let me tell you about um, this new BERT algorithm update that just happened. What it stands for is binary, and it's like they're out. <laughs> <laughs> so, so hey, I got a lightning round of questions for you if you're up for it. Bring them on. You ready? All right, these are tough ones. So, all right, number one. What are your favorite three SEO tools? 
Well, we use all of our own internal tools that we've developed, but besides those, a lot of the APIs that we use, uh, I'd say like SEMrush mm -hmm. uh, and SpyFu, I love for keyword research and pay-per-click research. Um, uh, for link data, um, I'm looking at Ahrefs, Maz, and Majestic. I like all three of them. Do you, do you aggregate all three when you're doing your research, or do you? We do. Uh, plus another one called SEO Kicks. Uh, it's a company. I've never heard of that one. Yeah, SEO Kicks. Yep. Okay. Yeah. SEOKicks.de, I believe. Huh. I'll um, check one grab, out. grab uh, links from those four data sources within our tools. Um, what other tools? Um, uh, Google Analytics. <laughs> <laughs> what do you need analytics for? We don't. <laughs> um, so who, who should we be following on social? For those people who are listening or sort of new to this whole search engine optimization industry, um, aside from, of course, you better be following Jim Boykin on social. <laughs> uh, but who else do you recommend following? I'm not super active on Twitter, but I will say um, on Twitter, I've probably got, I don't know, three or 400 people that I'm following. Yep. And probably 90% of them are hardcore SEOs. Okay. Um, and 10% maybe are employees or local people or famous people, but it, my who, um, you know, for new people, you know, uh, you know, look at like, you know, here's some old names for new people that you might not be aware of, uh, Aaron Wall, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, what's his Twitter? He keeps changing his Twitter profile though. That's the thing. He keeps changing the name. I think it might be at SEO book. Um, he's still around actually. Awesome. on twitter so aaron wall and then just basically stalk your profile i got it all right cool literally um, like my profile is about 90 percent, and it's not everyone either like I, I don't follow people uh unless like i really really know them so 90 percent right. of my twitter following are super hardcore seos now are there other favorites seo groups in facebook or linkedin that's um, that you'd recommend folks get into. I, I know I follow SEO Signals Lab and uh, White Hat SEO and and uh, a few others. What are what are some of your favorite groups? I think most of the groups that I belong to, unfortunately, or that I enjoy, are private groups. So like invite only, um, unfortunately. Another very favorite of mine was uh, Dumb SEO Questions. I love that group too. Well, there you it's go. So helpful to other people. Yeah. All right. One SEO myth that drives you crazy. Uh, just one. I told you I had some tough ones. I'm <laughs> <laughs> rip off a whole bunch of them. Uh, uh, links don't matter anymore is one that like, are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I got an email from Bing search console the other day huh? and it said like, you've got errors on your site. And I'm like, wow, I'm getting an email from Bing. I haven't received an email from Bing in years. So like after finding the password, after lots of login and stuff and logging into big search console to see what are these errors. Dwayne, don't listen. Dwayne, cover your ears. No, he's no longer there. He's actually at Yex now. Yex, yep. But I, uh, but I, I go in to see what are these errors today. It said something like, you know, 117 severe errors was something like, or something like that in my email. And I go in and it was like, you know, uh, 112 title tags or a couple characters too long. And some of your oh, yeah. are too short. It was like, I went in and I was like, what is this? Like, yeah, Bing, if that's what you're paying. wrote this in 1998 and it's still here in Bing Search Console. Like, why Why am I getting an email about some of these errors? I was like, ah. Um, so silly. But, but that's little minor stuff. But links is the big one, you think? The one SEO that links are dying and not going to be worth anything. I think there's a lot of people that hope because there's a lot of people that ignore link building because it's hard and they're worried that they're going to get penalized. They're going to do something wrong. Or the only way that they know to link build is to do something wrong. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's Perfect. a lot of people just want to ignore it. You know, like I'm going to put my head in the sand and try and pretend that link building doesn't exist. And we're going to do a big SEO campaign, but we're not even going to think about link building. Yeah. Um, that, dri that drives me out. So big, or big companies, like, we don't need to build links or do anything for it. And it's like, well, you know, you're not number one for everything and your competitors are kicking your butt and they're doing stuff. They're creating great resources on their site and building their site into something really special and you're not and you're going to be left in the dust. Yeah. So fastest way to rank a new page in organic. Let's just say you're a mid-sized business. You've been online five, 10 years. 
um, they say, hey, we, we want to rank for this new area for us. Um, I don't know, what, what would be, in, in your opinion, what's the, the fastest way to get that page up and ranked? Well, um, so we're talking about this as an old established site and a new page on an old established site. Yep. Um, well, there's there's a couple of ways. If you don't care if the site gets banned, you're going to buy a whole bunch of links to that new page. That'll get you ranked really high. Everyone um, cover your ears. I'm gonna, but the but the problem is is your site might get banned. So I maybe not do that. So that's that's the quickest way. What's the second quickest way? Or what's the quickest way without getting banned? Maybe that's the question. Uh -huh. um, way without getting banned is going to be probably to you know, write the world's ultimate page. So you'd study every page out there, try and come up with every question, everything that you could write about, and you would have the world's ultimate page with everything anyone could ever want to know about, and your answers are better, and your calculators are better, and your equations are better, and you've done original research, and, you know, just some great, great, great page on this than everyone else's, then you're going to want to make sure it has a site-wide link. So like, don't put on a blog post where three months later, it's going to be buried in the site uh, three levels back with two internal backlinks to it. Like, right. it's important. you're going to want to make sure it's got a site-wide link to it. Um, all your, you know, you may want to link to it within your content. Can you get other sites linked to it? Is your content so amazing that someone else would link to it? Right. Um, there are some original study on there or something. Um, maybe, maybe not. Uh, usually it's probably maybe not, you know, it's a product page, you know, so it's like, all right, is there other stuff you can build around that product page? Supportive content. That you can feed into there. Um, but yeah, I guess it would start with a great writer um, yeah. and trying, yeah, I got it. I, I, I feel weird because I'm starting to sound like Google and what they used to say <laughs> over the years. And I, as I get older, Both I feel of us, like I'm starting to sound Google and it like, it of, turns me off, like create a great site. Oh God, I'm saying it myself. I have, I have a client that asks this question once in a while. Hey, I have a new page. And the first thing he'll say to me is, and before you ask, yes, I added a link from the homepage to that page, right? <laughs> because the homepage carries the most page rank most of the time yeah. on the site. Um, but that's usually my, my first thing is like, yeah, let's, let's, reverse engineer the top 10 or 20 ranking pages. Let's get those that, that aren't competitors to link to us that show up on the first two pages. And then let's link ourselves as much as we can through our homepage and through the rest of the websites, you know, to, um, uh, you know, exactly. to that. Yep. Um, fastest way to rank a listing in Google Maps. I don't know. Not my specialty. I'd have to ask uh, Ann Smarty on that one. All right, cool. Um, let's see. Most important landing page SEO focal point. Is it the title? Is it uh, markup? What do you think is the most important in your opinion? Probably the title. You know, uh, the uh, title is the uh, first thing the user sees before they even go to your site. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's it's the biggest, as far as I know, it's the biggest on-page optimization factor. Plus, mm -hmm. you know, and and the title is important because you got to do two things. You got to get your keyword words in there. Mm -hmm. You have to have a reason for someone to click on it. So it's like it has to be enticing as well. So it's like you got to search two things, keywords and a reason to click. But yeah, title. All right. Um, let's see. What is your, in your opinion, the best link building technique? You'd mentioned earlier reclaiming broken links. Um, what do you, uh, is that, is that you think your favorite or the best one? No, no, we hardly do that anymore, actually. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I guess there's, there's if we create something and it goes viral and it, you know, gets suddenly hundreds of links and tons of news mentions and millions of visits, I guess that's my favorite. But that's kind of a not everything that we create does that. You know, it's, uh, uh, you know, not everything that we create does that. Um, what's my favorite, I guess, would be, um, you know, creating trust bait stuff, uh, uh, teacher bait stuff, org bait stuff, gov. Data, right. The data. I've always told our clients that if you can produce data that no one else has about your customers, about, you know, their experiences, what they like, what they don't yeah. like, if, um, Apple said, it turns out 40% of iPhone users prefer X. People would link and share that like crazy, right? Yeah. And if you were Apple and, you know, you created something like the ultimate Steve Jobs biography page, and then you went out and wrote to tons of other places that you know, link out to Steve Jobs stuff and said, here's another link I think you should add to the page because it's a great Steve Jobs biography page. And then if they suddenly started linking to it, then uh, they would rank better for smartphones. <laughs> 
um, by right. pushing power. Next one. Is EAT more important on the website or off of it? Denny Sullivan said in one of his posts that, hey, we do look at, at expertise, liberty, trust kind of signals, but it's really off the website. Our quality raters guidelines are really more um, for us to, um, you know, just to sort of periodically update our, 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 our algorithms with there. We don't actually penalize anyone for not having, you know, a verified doctor link or something on a page. Uh, in your opinion, you know, which more important, off-page or on-page with EAT? Well, interesting question. <laughs> Another we, tough one. No, but when we, when we talk about EAT, I think we're almost going, you know, when I think about EAT, I go almost way back. Do you remember that article that Amit, Amit Singhal wrote when Panda came out? And it was something like recommendation. <laughs> How to write uh, trusted content? It was, yeah, right. Mm -hmm. We actually was like our, our page level content audit. All of those factors. Yeah. So you know that's you know we started basing our content rubrics off of what he said mm. in that document. To, to me, that was a very important document. Right. Emit uh, Singhal. I forget the name of it, but I think it came out the day that Penguin came out. Uh, Panda. I'll find it. I'll put it in the link on in anywhere. We have the video going so that way people can read it themselves. You're right. That's I, I also spoke with uh, John Mueller about that as well. So I've got a couple blog posts about that. I also did a, a takeoff of that post as well. There might be a couple of fun stuff you can so post. You're, you're, you're leaning toward on page then. Um, yeah, but you know, you know, again, it's everyone should read the Google Quality Rater guidelines. That's another thing. They're constantly updated. If it's been a couple of years, read them again. Pick up the visual ping. We do that with the SEO starter guide and some of our other favorite documents. So whenever Perfect. there's an update, we get that so, little here's a change. What the change so, what it was. So like everyone, if you're into SEO, you should definitely read the quality rater guidelines and understand what it is that the humans are looking for. Now understand that. What the humans do does not affect the algorithm, but what they do is they take what the humans do um, and their comparisons and try and adjust the algorithm based off of that, not on specific phrases, but overall. So know that Google's algorithm is trying to do what the quality rater guidelines is having people look at. So know that, you know, that the goal of what they're having their quality rater guidelines grade is kind of the goal of the algorithm. And part of what the quality raters are looking at, um, you know, are things like the expertise and the authoritative and the trust. And, you know, there's certain things that you can certainly do to your website. You know, when you go to your website, if you think of it as like how a quality rater is told to treat the site, which is how the algorithm is doing it. You know, it's like kind of like go to the contact us or about us page and start making judgments. That's that's almost where the start of it is. You know, is this a real company? Is there an address? Um, if you're on a page as an author by someone, does that person appear to be trusted? Is the site trusted? But, you know, you certainly one of the things that people should do is read the quality rater guidelines and then go into their site and pretend like, you know, you're a quality rater. And what are the things you're now going to look at? You know, and so part of it is going into your about us page, you know, and uh, putting trust everywhere on your homepage, or like everywhere that quality rater may be looking or an algorithm later. Might even be like an Upwork task trust. where you could say, you know, hey, I just created this page. We just launched it. Please use this quality rater guideline to give us a score. That might be an interesting idea is, is, is to take their quality rater guidelines and really build it into the, the form they're probably using on the back end and then giving it to yeah. somebody at, at Upwork or somewhere to go through. That's not kind of a neat, neat concept. I might have to try that just to see just how, how EAT our pages really are. Mm -hmm. All right, last, last question. Does offline marketing help improve keyword rankings? It can. Mm -hmm. um, some of the most clever things I've seen, uh, this, was a, this was years ago, but do you remember? I don't know if you've, you saw the these. Sonic one? The, which one? Panasonic. <laughs> it was at the Super Bowl and the Panasonic did a commercial. Uh, said, don't believe us, ask Google, you know, and they, Oh yeah, that, that's similar. Uh, you know, there was one, uh, trip advisor used to do commercials where, where, where I would say, don't just go to New York hotels type in trip advisor, New York hotels. And everything was like the searches and saying, don't just search for this search for trip advisor, this, and I was like, Oh, how freaking clever. 
Yeah. Um, I saw a brand new billboard last week that just had their name. I wish I could remember the name. Should have taken a picture of it. Just had their name. And I'm like, there's nothing else on that billboard. Oh, I get what they're doing. They're trying to get people to search for them by name to see what the heck they are. Genius. We, we've had some other clients that have done some really neat things. Uh, we had one of them that created a, a holiday around their product. Mm -hmm. I won't say which product, but it was, uh, um, I don't know, let's pretend it was phones, like even though it wasn't. But they created like National Phone Day. Okay. Uh, and then they had a big parade in New York City and hired a whole bunch of people to like march around about you know it's national phone day or whatever it was and it got tons of press and tons of links and um there might have been people in bikinis and things like that you know for the product but it was actually funny it turned into a trivial pursuit card like one day we were playing trivial pursuit and i was like what a day is blah 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 yeah. And it was like the client's holiday that they created themselves and actually made it to a trivial pursuit card. Um, we had another client that did these crazy commercials and the commercials were so crazy and off the wall that everyone wrote about it and it got tons of links. Yep. Um, and it that, was, the Hawk lawyer do that a few times. You see this like really weird, strange, like, why would you? Do, oh, that's why you did it. Cause you wanted people to remember and, and search for it by name. Yeah. We had a client who was in the uh, gold business and back in 2009, 2010. And it was funny because he was like, look, I, my, my local rankings are dominated. I have more reviews. I have more links. I have better content. All of a sudden, this gold max company comes out of nowhere uh, with, with no reviews. They have no links. They have no on page. Some of the listings don't even have, you know, um, you know, website links to them, but they're killing me right now. And so we went into the, the Google uh, well, the next day we went into the Google search planner, but the night before I just happened to be up late and I see a commercial with Robin Leach and he's like, I'm Robin Leach and you search for gold max. And, and so we looked at, uh, at, at the Google keyword planner and sure enough, there's a trend upward in brand searches for gold max. As soon as that, as soon as those commercials ended and the searches stopped, you know, the, the rankings went back to normal because mm -hmm. they didn't do anything on page to, to keep becoming or staying relevant to it. But if they had done a good job with SEO first and then did that play, they might've stuck and, and still had some really good rankings, but they didn't. Yeah. But that was, that was interesting that that off page commercial drove brand search and people modified their search with gold max cash for gold, cash for gold, gold max. How much does gold max pay for cash for gold? They were doing all these different queries that they hadn't done prior to that commercial going. So we, we absolutely knew that there was a, a correlation between offline and what was influencing search and with brand, um, you know, value. I know there's no um, domain authority, but there's brand authority for sure. Um, that made such a difference in that getting that ranking. So I, I kind of feel like there is, but it's all just trial, error, experiment and and a lot of you know chin scratching like that's interesting. <laughs> Jim, this has been incredible. I know we we're. we're capping it out here in an hour is um so anything else that you'd like to share with people who are listening or watching the video later about um, internet marketing ninjas or something that you're doing that they might be interested in learning more about well um yeah i'll, I'll just say that a lot of a lot of people get links from people with databases of link sellers so like they got these spreadsheets and they're like Oh, you know, if you have a car site, we have a whole bunch of, you know, we have thousands of bloggers and several hundred are car bloggers and we can get you links on these car blogger sites. And that's what a lot of people do. And um, a lot of that stuff is easily mapped out by Google and all those sites are artificial. And mm -hmm. a lot of people, you know, they like getting the blog links from sites that are artificial from spreadsheets. And I just say, try and stay away from that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, our tools can map out all that stuff. Our tools can map it. Google can map it. They can sign up for those at internetmarketingninjas.com? No, the tools are private. Uh, You're just teasing everybody. Oh, oh, you mean like those links? No, we don't We don't sell those. Uh, you know, that's the stuff to stay away from. I just see I, I see so many people doing it. Like they learn that links is the key and they go to some broker and, you know, I'll take a whole bunch of those auto links on those auto blogs and, you know, and then they end up getting in trouble later because all that stuff can be mapped. So stay away so from we'll that. just say we'll just say for everyone watching check out internetmarketingninjas.com and uh, i know you've, you've probably got a backlog of, of clients that want to work with you but get on the list if, if you need some really good high quality links 
I've worked with you before, Jim. I know what you're capable of and what, what Ninjas does. So um, highly recommend you guys. And um, this is, uh, has been another episode of the Unbottleneck Podcast. Jim, thanks for joining us. And uh, you, guys, you for the next one. We'll put some links in the comments for all the stuff we talked about today. And um, look forward to doing this again with you. Rock and roll, Steve. Thank you.